You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, welcome to the GFR show featuring an adorable woman with a laugh that is contagious, Lisa Cherney. (laughs) That is me. This episode is focused on one of our GFR commandments because they're just so awesomely relevant and helpful. So this one is commandment number eight. Know that sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. And the confession question is, where do I need to pause or stop but haven't because of fear? So if you're new to the show, you might be saying, what the fuck are the GFR commandments? So let me just give you a little background. When I was looking to see how I was going to be up-leveling the next version or vision of my mission, this was about the middle of 2018, I had doing a ton of work really clarifying how I had helped people in the past. I mean, I'm coming up on my 20th year as an entrepreneur, as a mentor, as a coach, as an advisor, as a marketing expert, sales expert. Fill, fill in the blank with all of our talents, just like I'm sure you all are multi, multiple talented. And I realized that when I sort of distilled down my notes, I, it was like, it was like uh, one of those panning for gold moments where I'm shimmying back and forth the pan and like, you know, there was like 12 nuggets that, that rose to the surface. And they were the 12 ways that my clients had been getting in their way over the last 20 years. And not just getting in their way, but getting to the point where they couldn't, because of these things, they couldn't even take advantage in investments they were making in order to move their business forward, including the ones that they were making in me. <laughs> and I, I saw that, wow, like this is 10 steps before they can really, you know, do their juicy marketing. This is 10 steps before they could really own their power in their sales. This is 10 steps before they could really launch that course that really is going to help people in the way that they want to help. And so I decided that whatever my next chapter was going to be, it was going to be to illuminate these 12 ways 
that my ideal clients, and not just any clients, but mission-based folks, y'all know who you are, the ones that are so close to what it is you do. It's like your, you know, your heart is pumping, you know, bear out on a platter for the world to stomp on. You know who you are. It is the 12 ways that these mission-driven entrepreneurs get in their own way. And I said, you know what? I have to, whatever I'm doing next, I got to focus on this. And so they became the 12 get fucking real commandments. And then because I'm a trainer at my heart and I love people to have a way to inquire within, I had to create a question for each of the commandments that would help somebody determine, is this the one that's for me? Is this the one that I'm supposed to be looking at right now? And so that is what I did. And I launched the podcast and then started really using these commandments as a foundation for the show guests comment on them. They resonate with them. Um, We use them in our GFR squad. This is our um, membership community. That's like a low barrier to entry, cost you a few lattes a month kind of membership community where people are talking about the show. They're talking about these commandments um, they're in they're in the game when it comes to really um, seeing the connection between getting real and the way it will explode, grow, um, lubricate their business. So that's the GFR squad. We use the commandments there. We use them on the podcast. And if, gosh, if you haven't gotten them by now, go to gfr.life forward slash 12C. And so this one that we're talking about today, again, is number eight. Know that sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. And the confession question is, where do I need to pause or stop, but haven't because of fear? So I want to share with you a couple ways that this has showed up in my 20-year journey as a mission-driven entrepreneur. I want to talk about the distinction between the macro stop, the micro stop, and the mini stop. (laughs) And I also want to um, share with you stories. I love a good story. I want to share with you stories about how this has showed up for my clients, how this has impacted their business and why this is so fucking hard for us as most, I I would say as humans, but particularly as a mission driven that that word, it's that driven word. It's, it's, we have such a connection between productivity and checking things off our list and, you know, movement, even if it's just up and down and not really forward, (laughs) um, that is the way that we create significance for ourselves, the way that we feel accomplished at the end of the day, the way that we feel like we didn't waste time. Um, It's like the way that we show that we care about what we're doing is that we feel is that we're busy and that we're not going to stop. And um, over the years, it has been so apparent to me with the work that I've done with people that are mostly I'm kind of, there's a bias in my study. Y'all the bias in my study is that the people that I'm talking about are ones that have, uh, made significant investments through me into their into their mission, getting their mission out there. So, the 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 sample size are people that have are willing and have said, you know what, I need to make an investment in myself. So they have this, this skin in the game. Um, usually, the investments have a certain period of time attached to them, like usually a year or more. And so they would sort of feel this time clock ticking. Um, they would feel like, hey, I show the universe I'm serious. You know, they put the money in, they want to get their money's worth. There's all these other dynamics that create this crucible that really also makes feeling like they could stop like a complete fallacy. Like, like, like don't like don't even like I don't even know how you can even talk like that. That is like the stupidest thing I ever heard. And of course if you're thinking that as I'm talking about this, then I'm really glad you're listening because 
I tell you, sometimes stopping is the most freaking lucrative thing that we could do. And lucrative doesn't always mean money. It could mean lucrative, like spiritually, get spiritual food by just stopping or slowing down. It could mean that you are dropping into your creativity and divine inspiration. And that's how lucrative it is when you stop. Um, It could mean your health and how you get to heal and become stronger and get your sleep pattern right and, you know, do change your body in the way that you want to. There's so many ways that it's lucrative to stop when we are a mission-driven entrepreneur. So let's start with my own stopping story. I have multiple stopping stories, in fact, in my 20 years. You know what? The first one I'm going to talk about is when my daughter Bella was born or like when I got pregnant and she was born. And I'll, I'll never forget, I was about eight years into my business and we didn't have kids. And my husband and I finally decided to have children and we had like waited. And by the time Bella came, it was, we had been married 10 years. So um, having, making the decision to have kids was very deliberate. And, and um, as soon as we made the decision, we got pregnant. Um, we were really, really blessed that way within a month or two, I think. And I remember realizing that there, I remember realizing, and this is one of the things that had me resist having kids was I was like, there's no way that I could run my business the way I'm doing it right now and be the mom that I want to be. Like it just did, I just knew that there, those two cannot coexist. And so I did make some big changes and stopped some major things in my business before getting pregnant. And, and a couple of them were things that I thought that I should be doing that my clients needed but they really weren't my passion. And in fact, there was a lot of busy work and a lot of money flowing into my business and flowing out to vendors. So subcontracting and things like this. This was at the time I was really focused on marketing and I was like, I was running like a little marketing boutique. So at first I just, I tried to get somebody to run that part of the implementation of the marketing because I wanted my hands off. But then I just realized, but by the time that I got clear, like my priorities were shifting and it was time for a family, I realized, you know what? I can't, just do this because this is what clients need. I can't even hold the space for it because it's what, it's what clients need. I need to divest that part of my business. I need to let that piece go. So um, my intention is this conversation has you get clear where you need to stop or let go of things in your business. So perhaps you could, that might be the first place to look is something that you've, been do, that you've been doing that you think you should do or that when you started you thought you should do, but now it's a, a drag. Um, or it's an aspect of what you do, that it's time to just let go, um, let go of that sort of dead weight and so that you're, you know, that the hot air balloon could fly, right? So that you could have more joy, right? So just look, look, because this was illuminating for me. I don't think I realized it until I let it go, how much, like how much, how many lies there were keeping this part of my business going. So I let that piece go. And so then um, Bella was born in 2006 and I, I think I, I think I took three months off totally 100%. And then I started to um, pick back up with some of my private coaching clients. And I think I had like a good, you know, five or six clients that I'd had for a long time that, you know, were cool with me taking a couple months off. And then we started our work together. In the meantime, though, I had a panic that was brewing. And the panic was that all my colleagues, people that I was hanging out at networking meetings with people that I saw were going places were moving on and I was standing still. That was how I felt. Like they were doing all the things they needed to do. And that when I stepped back into the game, I was going to be behind. 
So I had this sort of undercurrent of like worry about that. And that plagued me for the two years that I really was in like slow down mode. You know, I, I did not make any moves to grow the business. I maintained it and it still was, you know, a nice income. I had like, you know, I don't know, maybe it was fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 a year at the time. And, um, and I was working part-time and that was great. So the, the lesson that I learned was profound because when Bella was two and a half, she started preschool. She like basically told me she was ready. I was like, okay. And she trots off to preschool. And now I'm like looking around going, okay, what's next for me? And I knew that there was an up level that was like meant to be happening in my business. I didn't know what that looked like. I, I just like, I couldn't think my way out of like, you know, package deals. Like there was, I didn't, I didn't know the word leverage or any of those things. And it wasn't really even big at the time. And what I, what I saw pretty quickly, probably within a year, was that there was no time wasted with me taking that time off to be with Bella. Because when I decided, when I got clear and I decided how I was going to move forward and then I did invest in help, I did invest in mentorship and I did invest particularly around um, using speaking to grow my business. Obviously, it's a thing I have a knack for, um, which investments were super scary. But because I had made those investments and made the decision about how I was going to move forward, within a year, I had tripled my income. And that was so freaking illuminating for me because I was so worried about being behind. I was so worried about losing time. And I will tell you with certainty that I did not lose time. And that I feel like there was a bit of a quantum leap that happened, you know, and you hear me often talking about the wormhole, the GFR wormhole journey and how often it kicks us out the other side and we've traveled in time and then we can use that experience, you know, in our next level of our work. And I really think that's what it did for me. And so for those of you that are worried about slowing down because maybe um, you're caring for a dying um, relative, just know like you're not losing time. Whatever construct or timetable that you have in your mind that's very linear and logical is only one tiny perspective on how things are going to roll and that there are so many infinite possibilities and if you want a spiritual perspective, I really do believe that there is um, a force outside of ourselves, spirit, God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, angels, whatever. <laughs> I, I believe in all of it and, and none of it all at the same time, um, just like you, like skeptical. And I do believe that there is a plan. And uh, right now before you, the universe is asking you to stop and it's totally okay and wherever you wind up on the other side is going to be the path that's going to serve you at the highest. So that was me. And I didn't lose time. And those colleagues that I thought would be ahead, it's so funny. Some of them, um, I could picture their faces because we were in this one networking group in LA. I just saw one of the gals, the founding members. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we just laugh now about how like we would compare ourselves to each other and how it was a bit like we were running a race and sort of looking at each other who was over the, coming over the finish line first and how we're all in the, just the perfect place right now. You know, somebody, one person's not even in business. Another gal has had, you know, three or four businesses and different versions and another gal, you know, it's just, it's amazing. So, so that's my first stopping story for my own um, business. And, and, and then the other stopping story 
has to do with me shutting down my seven-figure business. And if you've listened to the beginning episodes of the show, there's one where I say, you know, who the fuck is Lisa Cherney? I think it's episode one, maybe. (laughs) Um, And then there's a a couple others, you know, the ones that I am on solo where I really, I, I always seem to mention this because it's such a big part of my story. And I think it contributes so greatly to the birth of the GFR mission, which was, um, in 2014, I had um, a, a business called Juicy Marketing, and I had a year-long program called Six Figure University, and I had these awesome events called Six Figures on Your Terms, and I had um, crossed the seven-figure mark, a million dollars in gross revenue in 2013. And in 2014, I was like, this is not fun. And something is wrong. I, I grew this thing. I had all this passion for it. People are getting amazing results. The community that is around me that I've created is phenomenal. Uh, the space, it just, it just was, there was so much good about it. I even was um, getting to work with friends that I had hired as coaches for the community. And I love doing events. I love being on stage and teaching and training. And I'm sure that will be a part of our, the GFR uh, mission here at, at, some, at some point. And, um, but I, it was a big, big machine with lots of overhead. And when I thought about the things that I knew that I needed to do to grow the business that would help to um, pop me up above the million dollar mark and really make all the overhead worth it, none of it sounded fun. I didn't want to do launches and affiliates. I didn't want to do a huge effort to get a ton more quote unquote butts in seats at the events. I loved a hundred people. It felt so good. Um, Just none of the logical solutions or strategic solutions felt good. And I realize now that um, I am blessed with kind of a superpower. That is that I have a very low tolerance for not being happy. And the more and more I'm around people and clients and family, I see that that really is a superpower because that low tolerance has me making changes pretty quickly, has me having tough conversations, have me, has me letting go of a business that was doing a lot of good um, but wasn't making me happy. And I, I felt out of integrity because here I am teaching people how to create a business that they love, you know, but, you know six figures on your terms, and I, I – felt like I was um, like living a lie. And so in 2014, I decided that that was my last event and I was going to enroll one more group for only six months and I was going to wind the whole thing down with no plan of what I was going to do next. How fucking terrifying is that? No plan about what I was going to do next. I was just um, interviewing Justin Womack, who is our underwater, a car under the water um, survivor story. And he left his corporate job because he was miserable and depressed and, you know, without any plan. And it's like, it, it is, it's still, I still can't believe I did it to this day. Um, and to an outsider, it actually looks like I did have a plan because the universe had a plan. And very quickly, I um, went back into a partnership with one of our other show guests, Lisa Sasevich. And she and I had partnered before. I never thought we would work together again. And as I was winding things down, um, we, you know, we had always stayed connected. We're really good friends. And we realized, hey, maybe we're supposed to work together again. And so I quickly transitioned. Within a year, I was um, back 
working in partnership with her and really doing my thing um, in a way that was um, me, less of me holding the bag. <laughs> and, and so even though that, that, even though I stopped that business, right? So we're still talking about GFR commandment number eight, know that stop, sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. So even though stopping that seven-figure business, like having the last event, not enrolling more people, winding down my private mentorship inner circle, like doing all these things, even I had this cash through clarity program, which is still available live and kicking. So I even had like a continuity program that I just stopped it all. And it was terrifying. And, and, the, and I, what I want you to see is that as soon as I stopped, I was able to see other options. I think that we do not, one of the benefits of stopping is we have a different perspective. It's like we cannot see things as we're flying by. They're just too blurry. <laughs> we need to stop and feel and connect and have, get intuition and then talk to people and get advice. And, you know, they're just, when we're moving so fast, we just not, do not see the possibilities. So, that was a super lucrative action to take, even though it did not feel that way at the time. And did I have um, a reduction in my income? You know, it's funny. Um, within a year, I was making the same from a net perspective. It was like there was so much activity and so much I was paying for that, was, that I needed to let go. And it felt like the train, like there was no stopping the train, but I did. So if you're feeling that way, if you feel like you have a train that's just barreling down the track and you built so hard to create the track and the name of the train and the brand and the whole thing and the destination of the train, you can still stop the train, especially if your soul is dying along the way. It's just, it's hard. Uh, it can be hard and it does take courage and confessing, confessing brings courage. Confessing brings courage. So just being real with yourself first, just saying it in your head, admitting to yourself is the first step when you need to stop. Admitting to yourself is the first step when you need to stop. So those are my um, two big stopping stories for my 20-year uh, business. So let's talk about the different ways that stopping could look like because when you hear those stories, you're like, fuck no, I would never do that. <laughs> So let's talk about the macro, the micro, and the mini stop. So let's start with the easy one, which is the mini. So a mini stop is 20 minutes to meditate, which there was a time when I was building that seven-figure thing. In fact, it was the year before I hit, it was 2012, the year before I hit seven figures where I discovered transcendental meditation. I was so desperate. I felt like every day I needed a vacation. And I, I, I just didn't even know what to do with myself. And I realized that actually going away and having a vacation was actually not going to give me the results that I was seeking, which was peace and like absence of thoughts and change in my body systems and breathing and, and, and all that. And so I, I invested in training for Transcendental Meditation. And it was, oh my God, it was probably one of the best investments I've made in myself. So I've been meditating two to three times a day since 2012. And um, the way that they teach it is that you do it in the morning, which is pretty common, but 
They also recommend that you do a meditation in the afternoon. They don't recommend it. They say you do it twice a day in the morning and in the afternoon. And in the afternoon is like before dinner time. So it could be like anywhere from like three to before you have dinner. And then it gives you like a complete reset. It gives you a complete reset for the rest of the day. And like I'm able to be a better parent and hold space for my kid when she comes home from school and just needing to do homework and for my husband who needs to talk about his day. And sometimes I do work at night now because I have those 20-minute stopping breaks. So I highly recommend meditation. Um, another way I'm meditating now is actually using an app. Um, there's lots of great apps that are out there now. I particularly like 10% Happier. Um, and the founder of it was a journalist who had a nervous breakdown on air. <laughs> um, and his name is uh, Dan. And um, we'll put a link to, in the show notes to the app. And it's, there's all different kinds of meditations for all different topics and different lengths. Like you can pull up a meditation. You can say, I want to do a five-minute version of this or a 20-minute version of this. It's super cool. They have stuff for sleep. So that's like the mini, the mini stopping is an example, is meditating. Mini stopping could be, sometimes I just walk out my front door. <laughs> I'm like antsy at my desk. I'm not being productive. I open up my front door. I walk out and I'm like, feel the sun on my face. That's a mini stopping. So you all know, make a list of what your mini stopping is, right? Some of you that are into your pets and your animals, stopping is stopping to pet your animals and feed your animals. Um, those of you that are parents, stopping to be with your kid, Stopping to listen to music, stopping to go for a walk, stopping to read something that's inspirational, stopping to move your body in any, any way possible, maybe combining music and moving your body. <laughs> and I just, I find the idea of stopping and the value of stopping to be so tremendously effective. And there's a ton of books out now about productivity and taking breaks and naps and rest and all that kind of stuff. I highly, I, I just, if you're not doing any of that, just start, start with five minutes. So that's your mini stop. So your micro stop is stopping doing something in your business or your life that's not working for you anymore. You know who you are. There's the favor that you're doing for the relative or the neighbor that you no longer want to be doing. There's the class that you're teaching pro bono that was a good idea when it started and felt good, but is no longer fun. There is the, what else, programs or courses or things that you're offering that you, you do it because it's in your wheelhouse and it felt easy, but you're ready, ready to move on to something else and you're afraid to let that thing go. There's habits to stop. Like for me, I'm working on, I'm not um, opening up my phone at, until um, after I've meditated and done my morning routine and I'm downstairs in the kitchen. And that's really hard. <laughs> so it's stopping different habits. Um, I'm trying to stop staying up too late. Um, so these are the idea of stopping and how, and how to connect it with being lucrative. Like that was such a, a great tool for me um, in my coaching and in my own personal evolution is that there is the, the opposite of what we fear will happen when we stop is actually possible. So maybe you can even play with that. It's like you think about, okay, no, Lisa, you're full of shit or you're making this sound easier than, than it really is. And because when I stop, X, Y, Z is going to happen. 
And what I want you to do is actually play with flipping that around. And this is inspired by Byron Katie and um, The Work. Um, her stuff is on thework.com. If you don't know her, if you heard of her, check it out. She, she gives you a way to examine your thoughts. So one of the things that she says is turn, turn your thoughts around and see how they're even, they're even truer <laughs> than the other thoughts. So, you know, like when uh, I took time off um, with Bella, I said, I'm going to be losing money and my business is going to go backwards and I'm going to lose time. And, and the, the opposite thought would be, it's going to be lucrative and it's going to be worthwhile and it's going to actually speed things up. And all those things were true. So examine your thoughts that are help, having you resist stopping. I can't afford it. Um, I'm going to lose time. Uh, people, uh, people are going to you know, be pissed at me. Um, I, it's going to look like I'm lazy or I'm going to feel lazy. Just really look at those thoughts that are keeping you from stopping and turn them around and you will see that you could actually make a case for the opposite thing being possible. You know, with all this talk of stopping, and I'm going to talk about the macro stopping here in just a minute, is that we want to stop before we are stopped. And what actually inspired me to do a show on this GFR commandment around stopping is that I'm um, going to have minor surgery tomorrow and the I'm being stopped. And this happens to be, it's not somewhat elective. Like I basically could just to live in pain. If I wanted to live in pain the rest of my life, I totally could. Um, it's a minor foot surgery, but I'm I'm, I don't want to live in pain anymore. And so I decided it's time. We've tried all the other things. It's time for me to have surgery. And so, you know, in a way though, I'm being stopped. You know, I'm being stopped because I create a story like I'm just going to live in pain. It doesn't matter if it hurts when I walk. And, you know, I can still do my Pilates, but just not that one thing. And, and I just decided in my get fucking real life that I'm living, because I have to live that because that's what I'm holding for you all, that it's just not okay for me to live in pain. It's just, that's not okay. I can't, it's like a constant denial thing, right? I constantly have to ignore it or rationalize it or make it okay. And I don't do that anywhere else in my life. So I'm not going to do that with this. Make sure that you stop before you are stopped. Before you get that diagnosis. Before you have a car accident before you are needing to take care of somebody in your life and you kind of have no choice but to stop and do that. Before you're, you're, you're laid off or let go or your partner says, I'm no longer in partnership with you, whatever, whatever those, you know, big two by fours is. I think it was Oprah Winfrey used to say, you know, when the universe is trying to get your attention first, it'll be a gentle knock, you know, and then it'll be a nudge and then it'll be like a two by four. <laughs> So uh, it's, it's so interesting how we only stop when we're sick. Like you think about it. The only time we actually give ourselves permission and, while, and when we think, and, and there's, like this, um, there's like this agreement that we all have that if someone's sick, then that, that's, that's, that's the best excuse of all. You can be sick and you can cancel shit and you can go lay in bed when you're sick. What if we did it before we were sick? What if we, like recently I was, coming down with like a little tickle of something. And I said, that's it. I'm going to pretend I'm already fully sick and I'm going to take it easy this weekend. And, and I thwarted the thing. I was able to not go into the full blown thing. But that is, it's just so, it's such a new way of thinking. 
It challenges our belief system. And I tell you, it's lucrative in so many, so many ways. All right, so let's talk about macro stopping. So macro is stopping life. Macro is stopping work. Um, Maribel Jimenez um, talk in her episode um, from overdose to uh, creating a movement. She talks about how um, when her she confesses that her uh, son tried to commit suicide on the show, and she talks about how she took thirty days and she just said, "We're gonna figure this shit out." And in her own, in the and in the process, she realized how shut down and in denial she was of some things that she needed to deal with. And like that is some varsity level stopping right there. And I just so admire her for that. Where, you know, when do we need to do that? You know, um, when do we need to stop life and not wait until it's just unbearable, but to just really take a sabbatical? Hey, if you want to put a label on it, call it a sabbatical. Um, uh, Lisa Sasevich um, talks about from 40 million in sales to intentional white space on her episode. And that's what she did. I really believe that she prevented or like, like she prevented her wormhole by just really intentionally saying, I'm going to stop. So I invite you to entertain that idea before it is too late. And we all know the too late stories around us. We all know, like stop a minute and think about the people that you know around you that actually needed to stop but didn't, and now they're not here. Okay? So we are talking about commandment number eight. Know that sometimes stopping, GFR commandment number eight, know that sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. And that confession question that I'm inviting you to ask is where do I need to pause or stop but haven't because of fear? Right? So we talked about those beliefs that keep us from stopping. And um, just to like round out the stories here, I want to share with you um, about a couple clients that needed to stop and what happened for them. So I had um, a client that had a business around helping people to get physically fit. And he was a personal trainer. And um, what he really loved to do when he was personal training was to coach people on how, like, how to get out of their own way and like get out of their bullshit story. And uh, uh, shout out to Dirk Schultz. And he realized that I need to stop doing the personal training. Like, that's the thing that I've always done. It's what I did when I, you know, first got started. And like, you know, when I was trying to deal with my life shit, like it was so super helpful for me to like really get into personal training in my own body and help other people. But now there's so much deeper work for me to do with people. And so He's had to stop making the offer for that, for the personal training and start, you know, and so we like actually rejiggered his whole structure of his business. We created an offer that really honored that like health and nutrition aspect of what he did, but really helped people really look at why they aren't doing what they need to do to heal their body and what's getting in their way. And, uh, it's, and of course, this is now him creating a new chapter in his life where he's like, I am finally like having a business that like really feeds me. And, and I do think that um, my stopping really was about that too. Is like I needed a, biz- a business, us as mission-driven entrepreneurs, I believe we need our business to feed us. So if your business isn't feeding you, kind of look to see wh- why and, and what maybe needs to be stopped in order to feel like it is feeding you. I had another client who had planned to do a big event, like a conference, and 
this is a common uh, strategy that people use to build their business. You know, sometimes they charge low amount for the event or, 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 um, or actually give away bonus tickets to the event. And then they offer people into um, a, a deeper way to work with them. And filling events is a thing. Like it takes something to fill an event, to get butts in seats, as they say, or, you know, souls in the room. And um, this person that I was working with was very pride, like had a lot of pride and a lot of integrity and had been um, doing her business for a really long time and had a big following. And she announced this event and um, was doing a lot of promotion around it, Facebook Lives and had, you know, posting, you know, flyers and um, doing other smaller speaking gigs and talking about this event. And, and it was a huge part of, um, you know, her strategy that we had created. And, uh, and one day she confessed to me that um, there was a couple things that she had put in place or that she wanted to put in place to help fill the event that did not get in place. There was a, 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 a way to fund the event. There was some, some sponsorship things that she um, had an issue with a vendor that they, they weren't um, filling those sponsorship spots the way. There was a, a few other things. And, it, and she just kept feeling like she was pushing up, hitting up against like, like resistance and struggle. And she was in turmoil and torture about this. And then I suggested, what if you don't do the event? And it was like, she was like a deer in the headlights. She like, like it, it was like I was speaking a different language. Like it, like, like it was like, did not compute was flashed across her forehead because she just never entertained that idea. And I said, well, Kate, let's, let's look at that possibility. Let's look at your contract with the hotel. Let's look at what your sunk cost is. You know, let's look at all that. And just in sometimes just entertaining the idea of stopping something creates the space for the creativity, the flow, the intuition, the joy to come back in. Um, and she got inspired um, to change the event and do something smaller, um, more intimate, more impactful. Um, and the way that she envisioned the new thing, she actually didn't need any more people there. <laughs> and she didn't have as much overhead. And it was like, it was like such a relief, like a breath of fresh air, like, you know, like, like, a, like a more joyful person had taken over her body. But it was like a lot of times when I'm working more closely with people, they just, we're so close to our own shit, right? We can't see the possibilities. So she needed me to say, to, to insert a new way of thinking, a new possibility. And um, two, sometimes people don't want to disappoint me as a mentor or guide and which just drives me crazy because of course I want them to be authentic and I want them to GFR, but you know, they feel like they're somehow disappointing me. We don't want to give our power over to mentors. We want to stay connected with our intuition. And if something is not feeling good, you need to stop. <laughs> if something's not feeling good, you need to stop. I mean, that's what all the 12 GFR commandments are about because when it doesn't feel good, it slows down or stops our mission. And we don't want that because y'all have important work to do. There are people that are waiting for you they, they're waiting to hear about the way that you want to help them. And so please look to see where you might need to stop in order to create space, in order to increase your momentum, in order to feed your body and your spirit, in order to re-energize yourself. <sighs> this is such a great conversation. And my intention is that you see where you can institute GFR commandment number eight, know that sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. Where do I need to pause or stop because, and haven't because of fear? 
look at to see where your mini stops could be in your day. Stop and pet your dog or meditate. Um, where your micro stops can be, stopping a habit, stopping offering a program, stopping a commitment that you made a while ago and you're no longer in alignment with it. If you could just like feel into the possibility of not doing that thing and it brings joy, please, please seriously consider stopping. It will have a huge impact. You know, uh, us as mission-driven entrepreneurs, I believe you know, I have a low tolerance for not being happy. I believe a mission-driven entrepreneur actually has a very low tolerance for incongruency, feeling out of alignment, um, feeling having things that don't feel good, being like feeling like your soul is dying, being weighed down. I feel like we have a low tolerance for it because the truest expression of our work in the world needs us to be our authentic self, needs us to be alive and joyful and happy and feeling congruent and authentic. And look for those macro stops, y'all where you need to just get off the life wheel. <laughs> um, and that, yeah, it could be a vacation. Be mindful about what kind of vacation. Maybe you need to stop work and take a sabbatical. Uh, maybe you do need to stop and take care of that person in your life, that family member that is, that is ailing so that you can have that experience with them and um, you can um, know that you did everything that you wanted to do and said everything you want to do with that, that, with that person. Um, it's, it's, it is a privilege to take that time and it could be the most lucrative action to take. <sighs> if you want to be on the front lines of my GFR process, which is a day-to-day -day journey, join the GFR squad. It is designed to be a super easy yes. At only, it's starting at only $20 a month or $200 for the year. You will get me <laughs> and access to me. You will get a monthly confession call based on one of our GFR commandments. It's pretty awesome. It's really, really great community. You could let your hair down. It's a fun place to get real, like nothing you have in your life right now. And then, of course, we have our GFR squad quad, as I call it, which is our Facebook group. And that is where the bonus videos from all of our guests um, appear. So when we continue the conversation and we drop into – you know, their wisdom around, you know, their mastery or their latest, you know, vulnerability. Um, the topics are far-reaching and expansive and uh, really uh, raw. So I, that's also um, what you get when you join the GFR squad. Please take that action. If you feel inspired by this conversation and you want to stay in the GFR groove, go to gfr.life forward slash squad, fill in the freaking form, put your credit card in, and um, also you will get some really um, fancy GFR squad swag in the mail um, when you join like a welcome kit. Um, yes, there really still is people who mail things out and I'm super excited to send you gifts. So um, that was, this is the episode on GFR commandment number eight. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for being real with me and make sure to subscribe to the show so that you don't miss any of our GFR wormhole stories, our stories of struggle with purpose, um, amazing, triumphant stories that are probably super relatable to you in ways that you may not even realize. Make sure you've subscribed on, you know, Apple podcasts or Spotify, or Google play, wherever, um, so that you don't miss any part of this very valuable conversation. Over and out, y'all. Until next time.